to the basics. And, and it's not a complicated deal. There's not a whole lot of detail. Uh, it's nothing you probably haven't already heard at some point, but this is a good season to just stop and reset. And I, I said, um, kind of in Apple terms last week, I was trying to describe what I feel like the new year does. Uh, it's kind of like a soft reset. It's not a hard reset where it erases everything. But it's kind of like that reset where it kind of just helps everything start to run smoothly again. Again, if you're running away from, you know, the debts of 2015, probably didn't wake up January 1 with all your debts erased. Like, that's probably a good bet. And, and if you really messed somebody over in December and did something, or if you screwed up at, you know, a family gathering or something and said a whole bunch of stuff you shouldn't have, um, it probably wasn't like January 1 you woke up and, whoo, glad I'm done with that and moving on. Really, the idea is we still carry into this next year a lot of the problems that we set ourselves up with in 2015. And so for some of us, it's not just 2015 that we started the problems. It's some of us, it's been like these ongoing, like, uh, actually, I could point back to 1992, you know, when, when the issues started. And, and for so many of us, uh, we kind of just give up on the idea of resolutions. We just kind of give up on the idea that um, we can actually start over or have a fresh beginning. And I want to give you hope. That's what church is about. If you can't find hope at church, then there's no hope, period. I've, I've declared from the front here, there's, there's a lot of crazy people that live in Visalia. I mean, literally crazy people who live in Visalia. And my definition of crazy people is people who live life on a daily basis without any kind of hope. Hope in Christ, hope in salvation, hope in a future. Like, I don't understand. I, if there was no hope in Christ, you don't get me out of bed in the morning. If there's no hope, I, I definitely don't try this hard to look presentable, right? If there's no hope, there's so many levels that, that really, if you're living that way, it, it's it's making you crazy. It's, and if you're in that place tonight where you've been kind of just trucking through life and the only thing waiting for you is the next day, I'm sorry because you're living an insane existence. That's not the way we were created to be. God gave us a much bigger picture and a much bigger plan to live by. And it wasn't this laid out thing that a lot of people kind of have in their heads that being a Christian is, you know, I've got to have uh, wake up at four in the morning and get on my roof and pray over the nations for two hours before the day starts. And then I got to get up and, you know, I got to eat, you know, only blessed food uh, that starts my day. And I've got to like a lot of people have these really unattainable things of what it means to be a follower of Christ and what the basics of following the Lord are all about. One of the things that just has come to my heart and, and one of the things in the, the real basis for all this that we're talking about tonight is there also are some things that we have in our way that keep us from serving him with everything that we can. And it's one of those things if, if God can't or, or the enemy can't make you sin, he's going to make you busy, right? That's the idea, right? If he can't draw you away from the Lord, he'll just make you too busy for the Lord. I don't know how many people uh, I have conversations with that say, man, Jeff, I'd love to pray more. I just don't have the time. I'd love to read my Bible more. I just, I just don't have time. 
And, and in our American culture, right, that's the consistent thing. We just don't have time. Did you know that scientists have, have tracked the uh, average American, right? So they have a sample group and they follow them around. They make them wear devices and check out all this stuff. But the average American, when you take a breath, everybody just take a breath. Right? The average American on an average breath only uses 45 to 65% of their lung capacity. Because we're moving so fast, we don't even take time to breathe. And it's not just because you're jogging. Like just me walking there to there, I could get out of breath. I'm not careful. But, but the idea is it's, it's this pace, this frenetic pace that we run at or, or that we do life at. And, and so what we're doing, and, and the whole thing that they did is they're doing all these sleep studies and they're trying to track people's performance and understand why our culture is the way that it is. And, and they said one of the root things is you're, you're living half empty of oxygen the majority of the time. And, and so when you start thinking about it, now, you're all going to sit there the rest of their service like, <sighs> right, breathing all deep. I did for like two days after I read the study. I was like, <sighs> I'm like passing out like, oh, that was good, right? <laughs> wow, amazing. Uh, it, okay, so many other things flying through my head. I got to get back. But um, the idea, though, is we've got to stop. There's, there's got to be a stopping point. But when we think about this, we also have a lot of excuses for why we can't. Well, if I don't do that, then nobody else will, right? Okay, so think about this in your life. If I were to tell you, and I were to instruct us as, as, as people of God. My thing that I would say to you is figure out the things that only you can do. And make sure you do those with every fiber of your being. And then let some of the other stuff go. So in your head, and I was challenged with this. And, and a guy stood in front of a conference and he was like, what are the things that only you can do? That only you can come up with. That only you can perform. And the crazy thing is, in my head, I had a list of like 20 things right away. Because I'm pretty amazing. So, um, right? You start thinking like, okay, well, I'm, I, you know, with my job, I mean, I put together the, the presentations on the screen. So I got to do that. And, you know, I work with all these teams. And I got to meet with them. And, and I, I had a list, like pretty long, right away. The things that only I could do. And the guy looked at me and, and the people that were in the room and he said, now here's, here's the deal. How many of you are married? A bunch of us raise our hand. How many of you have kids? A bunch of us raise our hand. He said, then this is what I would challenge you with. The thing that only you can do is to be the husband to your wife and be the dad to your kids. And if you choose that something else is going to be more important, somebody else will do that job one day and you're going to regret it. Oh. He said, so if you had a list of 10 other things that were oh so important that you had to be there for, that you had to participate in, that if it weren't for you, they wouldn't exist. He said, stop. And remember that you are not God. I look at a culture where we make ourselves these little gods. That's why the whole new age thing. Like it works for so many people, especially our American culture, because because we like the idea that we can elevate ourselves and our thinking and our thought life 
to a place that puts us on par with a, with a, a much higher being. That if you focus and if you concentrate well enough and that you consistently make sure that you are as good as you can possibly be, then you can be elevated. And my truth for us tonight is, and let me just free some of us, we are not God. And here's what the Word has to say about that. I'm going to ask you guys to track with me on the screen here. It's Psalm 90. And it's a pretty lengthy passage that I'm going to read. It's going to be 1 through 17. I'm just going to ask you to read with me. Um, You don't have to read out loud unless you really want to, which some of you might enjoy or whatever. But it says this, O Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. I am going to ask you to read that line. Okay, that's like Cindy, uh, her family, they, they put that on all kinds of stuff. That's a big family verse. And that's something that we have to remember. So, so just that first verse, we're going to read that out loud together. Ready? Here we go. Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. Like right there, you could stop right there and you could like in the whole thing. It's that idea that through every generation, he has been the shelter and the provider and the protector and the leader. And everything emanates from Him. Lord, throughout all generations, You have been our dwelling place. Then verse 2, it says, Before the mountains were born, or You brought forth the whole world from everlasting to everlasting, You are God. Again, y'all, maybe just take your Bible and like pop it open to Psalm 90 and read it every morning this week and see what happens, Right? Because when we declare from the very beginning, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God, that reminds me I'm not in charge. Let's carry on. You turn people back to dust. A little bit of a grim idea. Saying, return to dust, you mortals. A thousand years in your sight are like a day that has just gone by. Or like a watch in the night. Yet you sweep people away in the sleep of death. They are like the new grass of the morning. In the morning it springs up new, but by evening it's dry and withered. We are consumed by your anger and terrified of your indignation. You have set our iniquities before you. Our secret sins in the light of your presence. All of our days pass away under your wrath. We finish our years with a moan. Our days may come to 70 or 80 if our strength endures. Yet the best of them are but trouble and sorrow. Now, I'll just stop right here. How many of you ever felt like that? You're in that, you've been in that place where like, even my best day is still a little bit not so hot. Even on my best day, I'm still like a C plus. I've, I've felt that, right? I, I remember even talking to a professor of mine, and this is like totally not on the scale of mortality, but I remember I, I took math like 17 times during college, right? And didn't do good at it ever at all. That's why I surround myself with good math people. And I'm proud of my kids for being good at math. But um, one of the things that I remember my professor saying, he was like, Jeff, just some people, they're going to try and try, and they just may not get it. <laughs> I said, because I'm telling you, at my best, I'm like a B minus on some things. And in my life, I've got to realize when I go back to the very beginning, if you'll just put that slide up that was up just last. If you'll just like we have to understand that even on our best day, we're still mortal. 
Even on our best day, we're still going to be full of sorrow and struggle. On our best day, we don't have the capacity for whole purity. And we don't have the capacity for godliness. Only God can provide that into our hearts in bits and glimpses. I love the context that even uh, considering the the place where where Moses and and Elijah and different ones had called out saying, God, let me see you, right? Moses says, I want to see you in your holiness. I want to see you in all your glory. And what's his response? If you saw me, you would die because you couldn't handle the glory. Bah! So he says, hide your face in the rocks and, and cover yourself and you will feel my presence pass by you. Because on your best day, you are still full of but trouble and sorrow. Crazy, right? So let's go back to the scripture here. It says, for they quickly pass and we fly away. If only we knew the power of your anger. Your wrath is as great as the fear that is your due. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Help us see the big picture. Help us recognize that we're not the end all of everything. That there are things that last beyond our lifetime. Then he, he calls out, relent, O Lord. How long will it be? Have compassion on your servants. Satisfy us in the morning with your unfailing love. That we may sing for joy and be glad all of our days. Make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us. For as many years as we have seen trouble. May your deeds be shown to your servants. Your splendor to their children. And this is the last one that we're going to go through tonight. It says, may the favor of the Lord our God rest on us. Establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. This passage, and for a lot of it, it's like a passage of deep pain and, and deep understanding of, of a God that, that allows us to walk this place and walk this earth and experience all the depths of misery and suffering that we will experience. And yet, if we'll go back to the very first slide on the very first verse, Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. They made it, and I'm going to make it because you are my dwelling place. You are my dwelling place. Um, When I was growing up in church uh, and a little kid, you know, my dad was a pastor. And he still is a pastor. He's still a great dude. I love him. He's a pastor just down the road. And I remember there were certain songs that we would sing as a church that, um, man, just kind of got a hold of me, even as a little kid. And there were certain services that I'd be like, you know, I don't know, I, I was not that holy when I was a kid, but I'd be falling asleep at the end, right? And then the songs would start to play, and there was a couple songs that just caught my imagination. Um, and they would be scripture songs, too. Songs that just directly took the words of, of the Bible and put them into lyric. And it was so powerful at different points in my life. And there was a song we would sing. It would say, you are my hiding place. You always fill my heart with songs of deliverance. And whenever I am afraid, 
I will trust in you. And just as we did tonight where we sang our, your praise will ever be on our lips. And we kind of just rolled that around. It would sing and we'd sing it in the round. And it was all in the, I will trust in you. Right? And it was this whole idea that I'm going to trust in you. Whenever I am afraid, I will trust in you. And it's, it's phenomenal when we start to consider and we start to release the things that we carry on our hearts, the things that we carry in our lives that we've got. I've got to hold all the problems right here. I've got it. I've got it all right here. And if it weren't for me, none of these would be held like big deal. And you remember and. And you go back to the very beginning and when you read scripture like this and you remember and you know that he is the source of all. Then we find a couple things. We find hope. We find hope that there is a God who is much bigger and much greater and provides for us much deeper than we could ever imagine. That, that there is A wrath much greater than the pain that we experience, that we could be enduring, and yet we are not. When you consider your worst day, your most painful day, just remember what you actually deserve. Oh. And so it brings us to that place of hope. And that brings us to a place of maintaining and understanding that that, that we can get through. And it also brings us to a place of just ultimate joy. Joy that says, He has been my dwelling place through all generations. Before me, when they believed and trusted in Him, they were cared for. And after me, they will be cared for. And in my place, I'm going to rely on His strength. If that is true, we can make it. It's good. And it brings a joy that you can't be quiet about. One of the guys that's been coming to the church for a long time, uh, since early on in the backyard days, he just recently transferred and, and moved jobs. And, and he was getting ready to go. And he's like, I'll be back. Don't worry. I'm going to visit. And he said, but I need you to understand something. He's like, I like, made a commitment to Christ like when I came to Pipeline Church, this was a big thing for me. And, and beyond that, you need to understand that every week I would leave church, I just couldn't wait to get to work because i got to tell people about this. There's just something inside of me. Like, I can't be quiet about it. And I just, I, just, I feel bad sometimes because I'm telling people, you need Jesus, you need Jesus, you know. And he's like, and I'm not that guy, I'm pretty mellow. He's like, but there's something about it that's brought this joy and this urgency about the message. And, and that's where I would say he brings comfort, he brings hope, but he also brings a joy that allows us to live outside of ourselves and find a place of peace and hope and life beyond what naturally we contain. And so here's where we want to go, and here's how we're going to um, end this thought. Sometimes we just have to stop and remember what this is that we're doing. And so we've prepared to receive communion together as a congregation tonight. As a way of just wrapping up this idea of sometimes we're just too busy. 
So we're going to share communion together. And the way that we're going to do it, and I want to give you a few things because we're still a pretty young church, but I've asked four of our guys in our church to be prepared. And they're going to come and they're going to find a couple stations on each side. So if you're in this half of the room, you'll go through these couple guys and this half of the room, these couple guys. And the reason we're doing it like this, there's a couple things. One is if you're not a believer and, and you're still struggling with some of this stuff, you don't have to come and receive communion. That's okay, right? But we want to make it available. And, and you don't have to feel like, oh man, I was the only one in my row. And like, we'll, we don't have to go by row. We can go randomly until you're all done. It'll be great. It'll be nice. But I also want to give you a chance to make your way physically, right? To kind of walk it out and find your place where you're coming. You're saying, God, I've got to go. I've got to dwell in you. I'm going to find my place at your table. And we'll come and we've got bread and it's in little squares. Of course, that's the way it's supposed to be. Hand cut by Cindy. And, uh, and then they're going to have the cup. And all you do, and some people don't like it, but you don't have to drink it or whatever. Uh, it's just going to dip your bread into the cup and then receive that. Now, as you do that, as you go through, those guys are going to say a couple things to you. First, they're going to say, this is the body of Christ broken for you. And this is the shed blood of our Savior spilled for you. And when you receive communion tonight, we get together so that we can remember and believe. And so the way we're going to do it, it's not going to take us long. I don't want you like waiting. You know, we don't want to be here till tomorrow morning. There's a a song that we're going to just put on the screen with a video you can kind of worship along with that song. You can sing along or, or just have your own time of, of reflection with the Lord. Come and receive communion and then make your way back to your seats. But my hope would be that tonight, you and I find a place where we stop and we remember and we believe. Because He is the source. And this is the whole reason why we do what we do. So with that in mind, I'm going to ask you to pray. We're going to pray over the communion time. And then it's you and God for like the next eight and a half minutes. All right? Let's pray. God, I pray in Jesus' name that you would fill our minds with the things you have for us in the next few minutes. Father, that you would calm our spirits and our hearts tonight as we prepare to receive communion as a way of reminding us who's actually in charge. And Father, I pray in these few minutes that Your Holy Spirit would do a work of healing in some that need to be healed. That Your Holy Spirit would be, uh, would be about doing the work of restoring in those who need to be restored. And building up of our faith and remembering and believing what with this is all about. As we stop and we we take this bread and we recall the scripture where Jesus took the bread and he broke it. And he said, this is no longer a bread that symbolizes earthly freedom, but it symbolizes spiritual freedom. And this bread is my body broken for you. We also remember and recall where he took the cup He said, this is my blood 
shed for you. It's going to come out of my body. There will be elements of my body given over for you. For healing. To be washed clean. So Father, would you allow us to experience true spiritual freedom and being clean because of the blood of your Son tonight? Father, we thank you. We praise you for your good name and the work of your Son on the cross. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to drop the lights, start the video, and you guys make your way through and worship through communion tonight. Let's join.
so we end with the thought and the scripture that says, Oh Lord, you have been our dwelling place through all generations. I'm going to ask you guys to stand and receive the benediction tonight as we get ready to go in peace from here. And again, I can't stress enough how awesome it is to have just received from the Lord's table with family. So many of you good friends come home to visit or, or be part of this community tonight. And some of you for the very first time. If, if this is your first time here, welcome home. Welcome home. We're so glad that you're here. I'm not going to thank you for going to church because it's something you should be doing anyway. But I am going to tell you I'm grateful that you're with us. I'm grateful that you've heard the call of God on your heart and you were drawn to this place and you responded tonight to be able to remember and believe with us. This is what it's about. And so as we get ready to go, I'm going to remind you that we, we continue our worship as we go out and we sit under heat lamps and we eat good food and we talk and, and we don't want anybody to be lonely. So look for a person maybe you haven't talked to before if you're here uh, every week, but if you're new, this is your this is a family meal, and you are invited. And additionally, too, we Phoebe mentioned those cards earlier, and we want to get those cards and and be able to communicate with you. So it's not a matter of we're going to send you all kinds of crazy stuff. We just want to be able to communicate better with you and your family. And then finally, there's another component of our worship. And that's giving. And we don't pass the plate here. We feel like it's a personal responsibility of the believer to give. God has called his people to give a tithe of all that they receive. That's 10% back to him. And we're not going to track you down and, you know, hunt you down and say, oh, you haven't been giving because we don't do that. But what we do is we provide, there's little milk cans out there. It says irrational generosity. And that's where we give irrationally. The world would look at us about giving 10% of all that we receive. And they would look at us and say, you're insane. How could you do that? But we say, we believe that this is the command of the Lord. And so if you uh, are looking for community, you'll find it there. If you're looking for a further way to obey the commands of God, you'll find that there. And as you get ready to leave this place, I'd like to leave you with a blessing, a benediction from the Lord. Would you just extend your hands to receive a blessing tonight? I pray that the Lord would bless you. That the Lord would keep you safe this week and that His face would shine on you as if the sun was breaking through the clouds right over your place on this earth. That His Holy Spirit would empower you this week to make it through the difficult time that you may face and make it through the times of struggle, but also to celebrate well in the moments of victory. That his peace and his presence would be with you in a way that you've not experienced to date. And that the joy of the Lord would overfill your hearts to the point that the world around you can't help but hear the message that your life is screaming. Be blessed and go in the Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We love you. Talk to you soon.